YouTube live um, in a long time. It's been like months and months and months. And I went on last night pretty late and did basically a similar live to the one I'm about to do right now on Instagram. Um, I usually mix it up and don't double down on a video like this where I'll do the same one or something similar twice. But um, I woke up this morning and I just feel and have continued to feel like this message is so important um, and I'm so on fire to share it and I just feel like this is so in alignment with me to get on here right now and um, and do it basically all over again because different people, different timing, different words, it's all going to come out the way that it's supposed to. So, so good to see you guys. Um, I'm doing incredibly well right now at the moment. This picture's a little bit blurry. Let me see if I can do a little. <laughs> see if that helps. It didn't. That's fine. So as you can tell by the title of this video, which is titled, oh my God, did I forget what I titled it? Um, sickness is a healing crisis and identifying fake oneness. So those are the two topics that I'm going to touch on in this relatively short and packed video. So let's start off first by talking about sickness as a healing crisis because there is... There are some serious wording and beliefs and um, basically the way that we look at sickness has got to flip on its head completely. Um, right now, you know, just the word alone, sickness, just, just say that word and let that sit with you for a second. It doesn't feel really good in the body, does it? It doesn't feel good. Um, and it doesn't really point to what is happening, right? We have lots of words for things that don't actually really describe what's taking place. Um, because within sickness is a healing crisis, okay? So what we understand about the human body is that it is an incredibly, incredibly intelligent design. And, you know, I've talked about this in other videos about self-sabotage or self-hate and in that the human organism, whether it's a part of our psyche um, or an actual physical organ or cell or tissue, is never going to do anything that is against you. Why? Because that thing is rooting for you to survive just as much as you are, right? We're made up of all these different forms of consciousness. A lot of people don't realize that yet but all of our individual cells, all of our individual organs, they all have their own consciousness. And that consciousness is what is allowing you as this collective consciousness to basically experience yourself in what we call earth, to get to know yourself, to become aware, to expand, to expand your light into what is unconscious, into what is unknown. So when we talk about sickness and the body we know that when we are getting sick it is our body's way of trying to get us well again because currently we're not well which is why our body is doing what it's doing so i mean i can just ask you this or anybody watching this like what do you think would happen if we had the mentality that my body is trying to do something to help me right now. Well, we would probably try to understand what is it trying to help me with? 
and and why is it here to begin with right because a lot of times when people get sick um, it's miserable for them they're unhappy because feeling you know feeling sick and, and stuff it doesn't feel good but our body is laying us down for a reason so I just came back from Florida um, I was in Florida for like five days and first of all travel by itself is challenging on the body right there's a lot of radiation in airports on airplanes um, you're packed into this little tube you're breathing other all this other recycled you know even though they say which I thought was really weird <laughs> they they said on the airplane um, they like played these little videos on the front and they were saying it's proven that airplanes are some of the most sanitary containers, whatever, this is how they can justify allowing people to continue to fly six inches apart from each other, right? Like I'm, I'm in a row of six people and we're all two inches away from each other, but then they want to have a social distance on the way out of the plane. That makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Um, anyways, so yeah, they have us packed into these planes and then they play a video saying that planes are completely safe. They're, you know, with the, with the HVAC filters or whatever they have filtering out the air. But, um, the point is you're still packed in a tube and you're still breathing each other's air in and all that shit. Um, on top of that, when I was in Florida, I was, um, down there working and I was breathing in all kinds of, it's, it's totally okay down in Florida to to smoke indoors, like in bars and things like that, which blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't know we were still doing that, you guys. I mean, I grew up in the 90s and I remember my parents smoking indoors, right? We would be eating our little um, omelet at Bob Evans after church and we would sit in the smoking section and my parents, not that the non-smoking section was really any different because it just had like a paper divider, which just the smoke would billow over, so fucking stupid but um you know when my parents would smoke their cigarettes while I was trying to eat my fucking french toast and omelet um so yeah when somebody lit up a cigarette down in Florida I was like oh my god we're still doing that <laughs> so if you live in a state where I mean this is the thing if you live in Florida it's not like you have to visit those those establishments and and live with that but um if you do live in a state where they don't smoke indoors consider yourself lucky because I didn't even know we did that shit um, so anyways yeah between the inhale inhalation of smoke and uh, traveling and change in diet and stress and I could probably list a million other things I mean I was under a pretty great deal of stress okay so the thing is is like for the most part right I take really good care of myself I can even tell you the last time that I've been sick but I did I got sick and it hit me on the plane ride back it was like you know whatever my body had been doing maybe I caught something uh, hours you know days prior to that and then it takes a while for your system to kick in and so I'm on the plane and and I just want to to just throw this out there as well um, because there's a lot of misunderstandings about sickness okay like you can expose multiple people to the same bad bacteria um, and only one of them will get sick and that's because their system is already compromised there's nothing um, built up there's no immune system for the body to fight that off 
So we should all be aware of the fact that there are millions and billions and trillions of microbes and viruses and bacteria and molds and funguses that are everywhere. They're on the food that you eat, they're on the air that you breathe, they're on your pillowcase, they're on everything. And our body is working all night and all day to defend from those things. And as long as your system, your organ systems, your liver, your blood, as long as all of that is in optimal performance, then we have no problem getting rid of those things. And a lot of the times it's getting rid of things and you'll have no idea. You'll never get sick from it. So we have to understand that first. If we have a solid foundation, there is no reason for sickness to take up in the body because you have your defense, your defenses are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because remember, our bodies are super fucking intelligent. So, so I get sick, right? I'm trying to get well. The thing is, is that my body was run down. Whatever invaders got in, and now the body is trying to restore itself to a state of homeostasis. So whether it's from emotions or from a physical perspective, any perspective, your organism is constantly trying to come back into a state of homeostasis. And getting sick is one of the ways that your body comes back into that homeostasis. So the same way, and I'm gonna draw some parallels here between physical illness and emotions because we will continue to understand as things go on that our emotions have a great deal of, of impact on our physical bodies um, because it's all funneling down through the same system. But the same way that we scapegoat a negative emotion, right? So we're in the, we're in the emotional dark ages. I talk a lot about, um, you know, we are basically trained and programmed to go against our own emotions from a very, very young age. And the emotion itself, the negative emotion itself, becomes the scapegoat. It becomes the thing that we try to prevent. It's like, no, no, no. You know, I remember going through years of my life of feeling like I'm, today's the day that I'm not going to have that negative trigger response. I'm not going to react that way. I was making it all about the anger or all about the depression and sadness. Never mind the fact that that emotion is pointing to something. Well, why is it here? It's here for a reason. It's pointing to a personal truth. It's pointing to something that's happening at a root and systemic level. You know, what makes me sort of just dumbfounded within humanity is this lack of holistic understanding of what we are and the magic that human beings are. We are incredible powerful, magical beings of consciousness, of love, of light, becoming aware of our own shadow, right? Like we're fucking incredible, you guys. Got a little detoured there. But when we scapegoat this thing, we're focused on the Oz show. We're focused on the smoke and mirrors and we are missing, that's what I was saying, holistic. I'm really dumbfounded sometimes at the lack of holism that takes place. Um, and it's been, for, for myself, it's been a journey just to even be able to get to this place um, because we're all indoctrinated with the public school system and you know media and everything else. Um, so when we look at 
a human being as a, as a whole, we can see that sickness is a symptom. We can see that negative emotions are a symptom. They are not the messenger, yeah, they're the messenger. But if we shoot the messenger and we focus on this, we have missed the whole point and we will never heal. So if we understand just in the sense of like physical sickness, if we can understand what it is that the body is trying to do, like in my case, okay, so my nose started running, uh, sneezing, right? What is sneezing? It's your body is trying to expel. Well, if I can do everything that I can to pump as much high quality fluids, and I talked about this in the Instagram live, is that not all fluids are created equal. And I'm just going to pop in a couple of little things here. Celery juice is absolutely incredible. The um, salt clusters that are in there helps with the liver significantly. That's a really great type of hydration. The white coconut water, which has not been oxidized. The pink coconut water is oxidized. That's not great for you. That basically means it's going bad. Um, high quality water with trace minerals. Anything that's going to help my body expel what's taking place this foreign invader right I can actually get well much faster now another thing might be we'll notice what does sickness make you want to do right makes you want to lay down well are you riding yourself too hard are you going above and beyond I can tell you what I basically knew that there was a chance I would get sick I was actually surprised that I hadn't had like a migraine yet on that trip in Florida or that I was like, I'll be really surprised. Like, wow, my system must be really strong to not get sick from this. Cause I was, I was probably had 20 hours of sleep in like five days and we need sleep. It sleep is what helps every single part of our system function. So it should be of no surprise. Um, when a person falls into alignment with disease or ailments or sickness, all you have to do is look at what they're consuming. What is their quality of life? What is their quality of food, water, sleep, connection? If any of those things are not being taken care of, then the body is going to be fighting to get into a space of homeostasis. And that will mean a healing crisis. That will mean a getting well crisis. And that is what we are calling sickness. So as I was talking about in the beginning, I think shifting around this wording is super important because how we perceive something that is happening to us completely changes how we integrate that experience and what that experience is like for us. Just take, for example, like, like an abusive trauma situation. You could have two siblings that go through the exact same thing and the perception of one is that this is ultimately what led me to my higher gift. It led me to my own healing process, which, which allowed me to come in and step into my sovereignty and do what I love. And for the other one, granted it might take you a while to get there like it did with myself and many other people that I know, um, or you could have, and this is just an extreme example, or you could have somebody um, 
who just is completely broken down and devastated by the whole thing and feels like a victim and feels like, why would this happen to me? You can see how just your perception of reality changes your interaction with that thing at a quantum fucking level, you guys. At a quantum level, your perception and how you interact with reality changes the impact. I'm going to share this little study with you guys about the power of perception and the power of the mind. So I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a study about, um, they had three different control groups. They had the, the, they were, what they were testing for was an increase in muscle, um, God, how do you say this? An increase in, in muscle, basically, in the finger. So they had one group who did these little finger exercises, and then they tested the muscle to see, you know, if it had actually gotten stronger. They had one group do, I think, nothing. And then they had the third group imagine that they were lifting their fingers. So they did, they did all the exercises, but they did it in their mind. And what they found was that the group who had actually done the finger exercises and the group who had imagined doing them, there was, there was a difference. There was more muscle in the, peop in the group that had actually done the exercises, but not by a lot. It was actually pretty close. And of course the group that had done nothing, hadn't thought about anything, nothing had changed. There are tons of examples of things like this. People who have had, um, told that they will never walk again, who through extremely deep meditation would go in. I remember this one guy um, talking about him going in, and this, this was not an easy process. This was a very dedicated process because this motherfucker wanted to walk again. Uh, I think I would do everything I could too if they told me you'll never walk again. And he would go into these very deep meditations and he would actually reconstruct piece by piece in his spine um, exactly the way, like he, he had an x-ray, he knew what his back actually looked like. And he would imagine rebuilding that. And I mean, hours and hours of this a day of just mentally rebuilding and restructuring. And what happened? His body listened because your body is following your consciousness. Your body is following your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions. So if we're not in touch with our beliefs about sickness or about our emotions, we're not in touch with our thoughts about it, then we're not really sure what our body's doing. But if we're consciously changing the way that we interact with these things, we can help and assist in the process and ensure that our body is not having to work is harder than maybe it needs to. So I, I see the achoo, achoo, my nose starts running. I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna do everything I can to flush, flush, flush. Really important to recognize when we're looking at not only just the common cold or sickness within our own bodies, but you know, without wanting to get shadow banned and naming things explicitly on here, um, <laughs> we all know, it's a scapegoat. It's a scapegoat. This distraction over here, and that accounts for many, many of the distractions that are trying to put your attention over here, is not the problem. Look over here, look at this shiny thing 
Let's, let's try to fix this thing from a top-down approach, which we know never fucking works, right? It's never worked. Top-down approaches don't work. It doesn't work when we apply it to the human psyche. It doesn't work when we apply it to anything. And I gave this example in the other, in the other live, which is, you know, with emotions, it's like, if you don't understand why there is depression, because you're not in it, meaning you're not, you're resisting it, then you don't know what to do. And Teal Swan gives this example about, um, this is gonna be a long live, you guys, so buckle the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> Teal Swan gives this example of, and I use it all the time, it's like a practitioner who, their client is down in the water and they're drowning and they're trying to swim up and you're, you can't actually see that their pants are caught on something. You can see how we could apply this to sickness. And you're just telling them to, to do this, to swim. You're, you're trying to approach it from a top-down approach, but it's not going to work because you don't know that their pants are caught on something. As soon as you get down in the water and you find out what the mechanisms are, well, okay, now I know. You just have to undo your... Oh, great, now I can swim to the top. If I'm so busy focusing on this sickness, you know what I'm talking about, over here but I don't understand what causes that kind of thing to happen, then I can't actually heal from it. I'm not down in the water looking at the mechanisms. That's not holistic. That is very small scope, small scope vision stuff, you guys. And really, this is going to change long-term for human beings because it's not sustainable what we're doing right now. The way that we look at disease and sickness is archaic. We're going to be horrified at the ways that we tried to approach health. And it's not anybody's fault. It's that you've been programmed to see health that way. Doctors have been programmed to see health that way. Our country, the United States, is not a preventative healthcare system. It's a keeping people sick system. First of all, we're not gonna do anything to show you how to even have a healthy body, but then when you get sick, we're just gonna make you sicker. Look at chemo. Look at all this other shit. Look at vaccines. Look at I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Feel into your body. Tell me that that makes sense. It doesn't. Um, really on one today. So let's see, shooting the messenger, I wrote some notes because I wanted to make sure I got all this down. Um, sickness is a healing crisis. Stop scapegoating. So for those of you guys, you probably know what scapegoating is, but I'm just going to touch on it really briefly. Within like emotions, for example, or within a family system, the scapegoat of a family system is who gets all of the shame projected onto them. So they're seen as the family problem. What the family fails to realize is that the person is actually not the problem. The family is the problem. The same way that the whole system is the problem not the sickness. 
So I'm just going to say that one more time to really, because I just saw a couple more people join, just to really reiterate that. The scapegoat is not the problem. The family system is the problem. The sickness is not the problem. The system is the problem. We have to change the system. We have to understand the underlying systems in order to treat the dis-ease within the body, the, the lack of alignment within the body. Okay. That's, that's closing out that first little chapter. Wow, 25 minutes in, y'all. No editing. Full, full stream of consciousness today. Feels good. The second piece of this video that I wanted to touch on is um, something that a lot of other teachers have been talking about. And so for those of you who don't know who the Leo King is, very, very knowledgeable astrologer, knows what the fuck he's talking about, doesn't just go on there and give horoscopes about like, you know, he actually shows you planetarily what's happening. This motherfucker knows what he's talking about. Check him out. Um, some of this information was inspired by him, so I feel called to state that. What I'm seeing, what a lot of other people are seeing right now, is oneness being paraded around, false oneness being paraded around as true oneness. Why would that happen? That would happen because at a systematic fundamental core level it is my belief that all human beings desire oneness they desire now there might be a lot of shadow in the way of that there might be a lot of narcissistic programming in front of that there might be a lot of trauma in front of that but at a soul level most people want connection they want oneness so what do you do if you want people to do what you want them to do? You play off of some of their biggest needs and desires. But you will know in your core whether something is true oneness or whether it is a false prophet. you will know and how you will know is that things parading as false oneness are going to be saying and doing things that are not in alignment with oneness but telling you that it is for oneness doesn't really make a whole lot of sense does it if it doesn't add up it's fake oneness and there's going to be a lot of that. And there already has been a lot of that when it comes to health, when it comes to what you should do with your health without me overtly naming too many of the things, right? Oneness, true oneness, is not going to turn you away from your own sovereignty. It is not going to turn you away from your own free will. It is not going to turn you away from love and from connection, ever. 
false oneness will, and it will tell you that you have to do that in order to prove that you actually care about oneness. Just think about that. Let me see if there's anything else that I want to say. Let me see. Um, yes, there is. Super important right now. Um, be very conscious and leery of anyone who is trying to suck you into debates or, um, and, and there's another beautiful spiritual teacher that I have to thank for this information. I actually can't remember her name right now. I think her Instagram handle is like Antara Avatara or something like that. Um, you can send me a message if you want to actually find out what, what her thing is. God, I just lost my train of thought. Um, this is the problem with doing lives. I mean, it's not a problem, but... was I saying you guys I was doing so good and I lost it we were talking about oh being pulled into I knew it would come back being pulled into um, debate siphoning energy basically do not let that shit in okay we've all been on our journey since April with all this shit and I've gotten sucked in a lot from the beginning. I've gone through my own waves with it. And I can happily say that where I sit now is a place of sovereign truth and knowing within myself. I don't need somebody else to validate my perspective. I, I feel good in that sovereignty, okay? And it's not that it's malicious. It's just unconsciousness that will try to suck you in. Why? Because, and I did a whole post on this, which is, I, I can repeat this exact phrase, which is that the darkness consumes innocence because it cannot survive without the light. It can't survive without the light. So the higher that your frequency is, the more sovereign that you are, the more you're in a space of true love and true connection and true oneness you are going to be targeted and i don't mean that to freak you out but it's the truth right now when that happens and and this is what this person said was like and it's so true be careful because sometimes it will come under the illusion of but i'm really interested in hearing about your perspective i just want to know what you have to say don't fall for it You'll know if somebody's genuinely interested in hearing your perspective. You can go out there, you can continue to be peaceful, continue to speak your peace or to speak your truth without being divisory. Even though sometimes we might be angry and we have emotions that need to come out, but don't get sucked into that because that is not serving your highest good. Continue to come back to yourself Know that you don't need to justify your truth to anybody. 
and it is a waste of your energy. It is a siphon and a drain. If you start to feel you're, you're getting thrown off your center, your heart rate's going up, you're fucking sweating, stop. Step away. That is not a good use of your time or energy. Your energy is very, very valuable right now. And anytime you're getting kicked off into these fear or anger or whatever, right? You should know if, if you don't know by now, by following me, okay, I'm not ever going to tell somebody to suppress a negative emotion. Because again, like I'm saying this whole video, it is just the indicator light that's telling you, hey, you should probably check out your engine. There's something going on here. But what I am saying is don't unnecessarily put yourself in situations like that. It's just not necessary. And the frequency that you hold is feeding the collective, whether you're aware of that or not. And it could be feeding other conscious beings, other forms of consciousness that are trying to bring illumination to unconsciousness. You can feed that timeline or you can feed fear constructs. And I'm telling you, there are beings right now who are feeding off of that shit. And they're feeding off of it. And I, I also did a post with this. They're feeding off of it until the very last hour. Because consciousness, sorry, my, my battery thing. Um, universal, the law of the universe is expansion. So this was something I figured out maybe like a year ago where I was so worried about, you know, what, ah, humanity, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized like, oh yeah, the universe already decided that it wants to know itself. It's why you're here. It's why you are here right now, knowing yourself through me in this body. We want to know ourselves. So guess what? Anything standing in the way of the universe getting to know itself can't last. It is, it, it is the resistance. It literally pulls against the majority desire of, of source consciousness, of collective consciousness itself. So it just can't be a match for too much longer. And, and what little bit, okay, and it's not like, I could go into whether it's an external being, because yes, there are, yes, there are beings that are actually feeding off of it, but it's also you. It's also me. It's our own unconsciousness. It's the parts of us that want to stay in old story. It's the parts of us that are holding on to a system that is toppling and broken. It's those of us who are still in a space of fear about living our truth, about stepping into the life that we came here to live. And it's those parts of us which are feeding off of what little tiny little scraps of fear they can get left because it's just not going to fly anymore. We're headed out of that. So let it feed off whatever it can get, but it's not going to feed off of you because you're going to step into your free will and your choice and your sovereignty in every moment that you can. And you're going to say, you know what? No, thanks. My happiness, my peace, my connection, to this, to my God, is more important. 
and how you carry yourself, the energy that you put off is one million times more potent than any piece of information you could debate another human being with. Remember that. Information that you use to debate or give to another person, it's kind of, yeah, if they're open, if their heart is open and they want to receive it, it's very powerful. Words have power. But if they don't want to receive it, it means nothing. But you can't deny energy and how you show up. And you can walk through, you could sit on a bus, you could sit in your house and not even leave your house, which you shouldn't, you should leave your house. Um, but the point I'm making is you could sit here and have a greater impact that way. So just keep that in mind. And I hope that you guys know that when I talk about these things, I'm not talking about it from a place of like, I know more. I'm talking about it from this space because I've been trying to evolve and learn and grow through everything that's been taking place. And it's taken me a lot of falling down. I've been sucked in. I've been duped. I've been, you know, all of those things. And I'm... I'm sure that I'm going to come back on here in a little bit and it's going to be a slightly different message and it's going to be even better. But I'm speaking about this from a place of lived authority and you have lived authority. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you don't. Your perspective matters. But the best way to express that perspective is through embodied. Embody it to be very clear to the people that you can't be touched. That's okay. You can fight amongst yourselves. But I'm here to connect and to love. And that means loving yourself and not putting yourself in situations like that. Um, okay. That feels like a close for that second half. Um, last couple little things I just want to throw in there as if I couldn't get this video to be any more jam-packed. When we're talking about health, um, we have to understand that the human liver is one of the most under, under talked about organs in the whole body. Anything that supports your liver supports the rest of your body. Two common minerals that most people are deficient in, B12 and zinc. And I can actually show you, um, I'm gonna get the actual bottle of B12 because they're not all supplements are created equal. I just did a post about this, how if you actually go back and trace who manufactures which supplements, um, I'll see if I can find it and post it in the comments below. I think it's on my phone. It's like, <laughs> you see like these core group of companies who we know have been, I don't know, poisoning our water, poisoning our food, poisoning our air. Um, and you see, okay, that group makes these vitamins and then that group makes these vitamins. So not all supplements are created equal. Be very mindful. You know, look at like one a day for men's, one a day for women, trash, garbage. A lot of those things are actually more harmful for your body than helpful. Oh, and I wonder why that would be. Why? Because we benefit on keeping you sick and not well. 
So um, look into high quality supplements and I'm gonna grab the B12 um, because there is a specific kind of B12 that has two specific compounds which you are looking for if you're looking for a B12 supplement. Now, like I was saying, most people are deficient in B12 and zinc. Um, we're also deficient in a lot of other minerals and that's because we have literally stripped all of the healthy bacteria and minerals out of our soil because of the kind of unsustainable farming that we do. But here, I'm gonna show you something. Okay, so um, this is by a company, and this is not sponsored by the way. I wish that I got paid to do these fucking videos. <laughs> I was just having a conversation with someone. She's like, oh, I thought you would. I was like, no, honey, I do this for free. I do this out of the love of my heart because there's nothing else to do here. Um, so this is not paid, <laughs> but this is a company called Vimergy, um, and their supplements actually taste really fucking good. Liquid supplements, in my opinion, and from what I've read are better than capsules because it is absorbed easier into your system, right? Makes sense. So these are the two specific chemicals. I don't know if you can read that. One is methylcobalamin methylcobalamin, and adenocylocobalamin, adenocylocobalamin. But you're looking for these two ingredients in a B12 supplement, um, and you just put it under your tongue for 20 seconds or whatever. Um, and then zinc, zinc is another one. Your body uses these nutrients for just about every, I mean, thousands of processes. And if you don't have that, then, well, I don't know, th this little neuron's like doing the best he can. This one's trying to fucking send the message over here. And this one's like, I kind of got it, but I just, I don't have everything that I need. So let me just kind of half-ass send the other signal to the other side. And then he's like, I don't know, we're just doing our best. It's fucking shaky graves in there. Okay. So help your system out the best that you can. Um, knowledge is power. And this is kind of just newer information that's coming in for me. Celery juice. Celery juice. Now I know you're like, what the fuck? Celery juice. Medical medium. Yeah. If you've heard of him, if you've heard of the medical medium, if you haven't, check him out. Um, telling you personally, I've been doing it for three days, just three days now. Cause like I said, I was traveling. I couldn't do it. Wonderful. 16 to 32 ounces of lemon ginger water first thing in the morning followed by 16 ounces of celery juice followed by a fresh fruit breakfast or if you don't want to have fresh fruit something like steamed sweet potatoes steamed squash um, and then don't introduce fats into your diet until after around 12 or 1 o'clock a lot of people including vegans i'm vegan um have but not just vegans, have a very, very, very high fat diet. And we don't realize that that is so fucking bad for the liver. If you already have, if you're somebody like myself, I have multiple viruses. I'm pretty sure I have Epstein-Barr, which is um, from having mono as a child, which then continues to live in the liver and cause issues. I was on a high dose of vitamin E for a year because I was taking... Um, Oh God, what's it called? Accutane for back acne. 
which they have to constantly do blood tests on you because a high doses of vitamin E are actually really hard on the liver. Um, you know, put in all the fucking birth control, all the fucking pesticides, which I don't take that shit anymore. Um, pesticides, herbicides, crap. You know, I grew up on a very, very high fat diet, which after not having breast milk, after having been on antibiotics as a child, right? I mean, really, we're just talking about a system that is doing its best to process all the shit we're putting in it. So why do we do this diet in the morning? Why do we have lemon water, um, alkalizes the body, increases the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, which improves digestion because it allows your body to actually break down the food. If you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, what happens? Body can't break down the food, you can't absorb the nutrients, you have back, you know, there's a host of things. Um, celery juice, the kind of specific kinds of cluster salts that are in that juice are fantastic for bile production in the liver. A lot of people's bile production in their liver is so incredibly low that their liver is just not functioning, right? So like I was saying, Epstein-Barr, I've also got HSV2 virus, that's a virus. How do you keep viruses at bay? You take care of your liver. Um, what else? And then, yeah, introducing, you know, decrease the amount of fats in your diet. I know that sounds like, this is not another fad. This is not like cholesterol free, like whatever. It's, it's not another fad. Um, if you allow those first morning hours for your liver to flush everything from the night before, well, when you do introduce a little bit of fat, when you do introduce other kinds of foods, it's going to be able to break that down. Um, bacteria and viruses in the body feed off of heavy metals. They feed off of uh, simple carbs they feed off of sugars fake sugars not sugar that comes from fruit so anything that you can do right on the one side we've got okay we've got supplements we've got things that will actually cleanse the liver but we also need to make sure that we're not putting foods into our body that are inflammatory that are going to feed these organisms so if we want to keep viruses at bay if we want to keep those things at bay we can't be feeding them sugar feeds them, chemicals feed them, just cut that shit out. I know it's easier said than done, right? Because there's a lot of emotional issues behind those addictions. So it's just as important. It's like, yeah, I can say cut sugar out of your diet, but when you cut sugar out of your diet, what's going to happen to you emotionally? You can't just cut that sugar out. Your brain is made of glucose, which is why when you eat brains, it's sweet brain is sweet. It's sugar. So you need to make sure that you're getting the right kinds of sugar. Otherwise your sugars are going to be all over the place and that's going to destabilize the rest of your body. What else? Yeah. The emotional, what I was saying was the emotional issues behind, you know, if I stop eating sugar, what comes up? Maybe I start to feel sad. Maybe I start to feel depressed. Maybe I've been eating as a coping mechanism a coping mechanism for what? What does it make me feel better from? Because whenever we're using something to cope, it's because we're trying to avoid a specific feeling. Well, what's that feeling? What happens when I don't resist that? 
the same way that I'm stopping resisting my body, what happens when I turn into the, the direction of the emotion that comes up when I clean up my diet? Because there's a reason why our diets look the way that they do. And yeah, a lot of it's programming, but we've also been programmed to be traumatized <laughs> because we're just fucking unconscious. So what's behind that? And can you get support with that? Um, what else? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Those feel like the most important things. Um, I just, I have so much appreciation for this channel and just for my ability to come on here and share information. Um, I said something about this recently, so in a post, and, and I'll just say it again. So I'm really getting to a really cool place um, where any bit of performance for love or performance for people to like me has pretty much been burned out of my system. Um, I'm a very like multifaceted, funny kind of person. So I don't mean performing in the sense of like being silly. I just mean a lot of the anxiety or anything that I had about how I'm going to be perceived or, oh no, you know, which I think so many people struggle with. It's just kind of being burned out and I'm really living my sovereignty. I'm really living in my truth. And if it doesn't resonate, that's okay. I'm just a perspective, just like anyone else. And the people who will come will come and the people that will leave will leave. And I'm not attached to that the way that I used to be, which feels really freeing because it means that I can continue to show up and do what I came here to do unattached to outcome which is me being in a state of non-resistance, which is going to breed more positive results than what I was doing before. So, yeah, I'm doing this because I love it. And of course it helps people. I think that I underestimate sometimes the amount of impact that I have on other people. I think we all do. But as long as you're doing it because you love it, then... It doesn't matter how people receive you. Love you guys so much. 50 minutes, wow, we're coming in at a solid, almost a solid hour here, but it was, it was jam-packed. It's really nice to be here. I hope that you are all well, and I hope that your families are well, and if they're not, I hope that they're having a healing crisis, and everybody has choice points. You know, for some people in this lifetime, that choice point will be choosing unconsciousness. And that's okay, because that's where their, that's what their soul needs to do for this lifetime. And it's not up to us to decide what is right or wrong for another person. Do I think that some of the choices that people are making are not coming from free will, but are actually coming from unconscious programs? Absolutely. And that's also part of their journey. So we just have to let that be and step into our own sovereignty. And that's it. And that's it. I love you all so much. I'm sending you these high vibes. 
you got this, we got this, and we're gonna live our best lives, goddammit. Because we are powerful, we are creators, and we fucking remember.